Hello, and welcome to the Painted Bread Quarterly Slush Pile. I am so excited for today's show. I don't know if I'm going to get through the intro. <laughs> but um, I'm Kathleen Volkmiller, and I um, direct the graduate program in publishing here at Drexel, and I write essay and memoir. And I really can't contain myself because we have such a full house and such an amazing um, episode about to happen. We have three poems by one poet, but we have six people participating. And um, the very first person that I'm going to introduce is our very, very special guest, Elizabeth Scanlon. She is an amazing poet and a mover and a shaker and (laughs) editor of American Poetry Review and an important presence in the literary world altogether. I know you know her, but here she is. Hi. Hi. It's really nice to be here. Tell Thanks us for about having you. me. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. I can't believe it took us this long to have you here <laughs> when you're here in Philly. That's right. We're just down the street, practically. <clears throat> it's nutballs. <laughs> um, I think that you should tell us about your latest book. Well, my goodness, thank you. Uh, I have a book called Lonesome Gnosis uh, that came out in 2017 from Horse Thief Books. Um, So that's exciting. I've had a lot of fun doing readings from that. I have a second book finished, actually. When you say new book, I'm like, which new book? Oh! Um, But I haven't haven't, uh, really begun to send that one out yet. But it's it's, uh, waiting to come into the world. I can't really hear anything in these. Oh, Um, okay. Well, we'll have Joe tend to that. We'll check on that. I'm going to have, because you should be hearing everybody. Yeah. This way. Okay. Um, there it is. We've oh, got it now. Oh, it's already fixed. Yes. And um, I'm I'm going to bounce it to Abu Dhabi and back again. Is that weird? That's weird. We might as well do everything do weird it. and new and exciting today. Because I would like Marion to jump in and talk about the photo she sent me when she was on the plane leaving yes. Tampa. <laughs> and then, That's of course, great. about yourself. Then your normal intro. But let's segue over to you for a sec. Okay. Well, hello from Abu Dhabi. Hello. Um, I'm sitting here. This is Marion, by the way, and I am a co-editor of Painted Bright Quarterly. I've been doing this um, for about 25 years. How old is Haley? Kathy, is it 25? Is that right? <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I run the writing program for NYU Abu Dhabi. And I'm sitting next to Samantha Neuerbauer, who will say hello, and then we'll tell you a story. Hi, I'm Samantha. This is my third year working with PBQ and uh, the Slush Pile. And I'm a writing instructor here at NYU Abu Dhabi. And from Philly. And from Philly. So there's some Philly. Always important. Always important to know. Um, so, Elizabeth, you yes. should know that um, I was, you know, heartbroken leaving Tampa because it's always so sad leaving the AWP crew. True. But I got on the plane and my treat was to read Gnosis oh. and drink champagne. And it was <laughs> one of the most extraordinary oh. things ever. That book is amazing. The oh, poems thank are you. so shrewd and and staggering and that your voice is just it's just so readable and Thank you. Um, I sent Kathy a picture of, of the book with a glass of bubbles. <laughs> so, so there you go. I know you can't see me uh, through the microphone, but I'm fanning myself in, in sweet embarrassment. Thank you so she, much. She's a little misty-eyed, I dare say. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah and Everyone should read it on an airplane with a glass of champagne. That sounds like a great way to encounter a book. <laughs> Flying internationally. And it did make such... Honestly, honestly, she... The first message I got when she landed was, holy shit, Elizabeth's book. <laughs> so it so was nice. like, <laughs> right? I'm it's so, true. I am so <laughs> glad you. we're psychic, Marion oh. Wren. Um, oh, okay, so Marion, bounce it back to Philly, just because that'll be fun, even though I'm Boy. talking. Back to Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. We have our brand new, sparkly, shiny, fresh co-op with us today. Say hey. Hello. Nice to meet you all. My name is uh, Ali Zivesh. I am Kathleen's uh, new co-op. <laughs> what does that mean? It, enlighten me as to what co-op means in Every this context. Every six months, I kick one out and I get a new one. <laughs> Fresh meat. Fresh meat. It's what all does again. a co-op do for you? Pff, what doesn't a co-op do for me? <laughs> tell them. Tell them. I mean, yeah, tell um, me. Lots of things. Okay. It's, a, it's an extensive <laughs> list of things that I do. <laughs> well, is this like an editorial assistant? He's an editorial of assistant. Okay. Yeah, I try not. He never ever gets me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I wouldn't mind if he did. Okay. okay. But you know, speaking of coffee, I'm mm-hmm. going to take this back. I need to. I need to maybe like reveal this because I might need some raining in it sometime. That is a massive cup of coffee. I I <laughs> I support food trucks. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I'm like so weird that way, right? I go for local wineries, privately owned restaurants. Like I really do support local and independent. <laughs> it's a good thing. And I um I had no choice but to stop at Dunkin' Donuts this morning and get a bucket of because, coffee <laughs> because it's at my train station. Right. And and I was afraid I wouldn't have enough time to get here if I stopped at a truck and that it would be super fast there. So I said a large iced coffee and it's bigger than my head. Yes, it is. <laughs> confirm. Yes, it is. Confirm. Okay. Everybody can witness. It. It's bigger than my head. Oh my gosh. So uh, it's, uh, maybe we should develop a signal now. If I talk too much, like just go That's or right. something. Simmer down. Just Simmer down, down sign or the slash your throat <laughs> sign or just fucking put your hand over my mouth. <laughs> um, but so what's also funny, opposite world, is that Tim Fitz, who is with us and hasn't been introduced yet, he drinks about, what do you think, five gallons a day? About. About. Yeah. About. At minimum. Yeah. And today, he has zero. I have all the coffee, yeah. and he's got zero. Yeah, this was this was a, uh, a dilemma on the way here, because the, the, they're doing construction. I couldn't find any parking spaces. And then I called to say that I'm running three minutes late, and I noticed... I don't have any coffee. <laughs> and I thought, which is worse, calling to say I'm late than showing up with coffee right. or going through this without coffee. Right. Going well. through this. <laughs> I know that's more pleasant. If we had, anybody have one of those collapsible no. cobs or Dixie? No. I could give you some of this iced. This bucket, I, bucket of oh, iced. Yeah, when you're saying we're gonna be okay, <laughs> you yeah. think you're gonna make it? As as you're, as you're sitting there saying that you're suffering from too much coffee, I'm thinking I wonder if I can use this pen as a weapon to <laughs> mug you for coffee right now. Right, it could happen if I keep drinking this. I might go the other way. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get to it. We have um. Everybody's introduced, right? Yeah, okay. I believe so. I, we have three poems by Elizabeth Cantwell, and um, I'm wondering if did you make a choice? Uh, I'd be happy to read. Want to uh, start right off? Sure. I mean, I'd be. Ha- Do you generally you generally read the poem yeah. first, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Out loud, I should say. Um, I'll read <laughs> housewarming. We do read them before we gather yes, together. Clearly, clearly. Um, <laughs> But, uh, okay. Okay. Um, I'll okay. Begin with so, this one. Elizabeth Gillen is going to read Elizabeth Cantwell. And here we go Housewarming. The garden the previous tenants left is abandoned, save for a handful of peppers hanging on, tenacious, thumbing their flesh at the heat. I roll our trash cans next to them. I am replete with June, high noon. I am convinced there is something medically wrong with me. My voice has been hoarse for a month, my digestion off. I wake up in the early hours of the morning with my heart beating like a hundred clocks. The sun is a heavy, hot smock curling over my shoulders. There is a pocket inside each of us that, pushed sharply enough, could pop, could ask us to take the knife out of the kitchen and plunge it into the dirt until it hits bone. When I am alone, I can hear it. It wants me to feel sick, sad, yes. Severed roots hissing through the mess in my palms. Let us now undress the world. Let us peel off its crust, its mantle, its outer core. Let us find the poor, sore soul at its center. Covered over in grief and triggered and worn to its own tiny world bone. Let us reach in and draw it out through the blood and muscle and pulsing skin. Transplant it somewhere inside ourselves, holding on, lying down in the middle of it all, tall, tall bodies exposed to space. Only then will this place feel like home. That it was really a delight to read. Uh, Elizabeth, you did Elizabeth really well. That was <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, listeners, uh, know as always that you can look at this poem on the page and um, read along, go take a gander while we're discussing. Uh, 
this is longish, and there is white space within the lines, mm -hmm. and not much form other than that. No mm -hmm. stand breaks. Um, and Elizabeth, you did such a, a lovely uh, job with the spaces within the lines, and um, I do think listeners should need to take a look as well mm -hmm. as that beautiful listen. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start off the conversation by saying that, that uh, I th I'm feeling a lot for this work, and I think it, it I feel like it's described to me. <laughs> I feel this way. I don't know what that was. So we're we're going to ignore that. Okay. <clears throat> um, no one's at the door, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so, what are you guys feeling and thinking? I'm I'm really taken with the with the beautiful internal rhymes that she's using. I mm -hmm. think it's so lovely the way that she's very softly kind of rolling it's like almost like kneading a bread dough it's like mm -hmm. the the rhymes kind of just are are in there but they're not like a heavy sort of uh you know end rhyme mm -hmm. they just kind of whisper through the poem absolutely yeah i am replete with june mm. high noon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's so good yeah Are we having a, we having a technical difficulty? Technical difficulty. Marion's internet went out. Oh, the, I see. The Abu Dhabians have disappeared, but we're going to just pray they come back, oh, and, and Tim and Ali are going to talk to us. That's this okay. rarely happens. It does happen. That's okay. But, um, that's why we're not live. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. what the, the ding dong we, Yeah, was. we okay. can actually cut this part sure. out, but no we'll problem. keep our conversation in, obviously. No problem. Um, All right, so let's just pick it up right from when I told you that. <laughs> Okay, so what are other people thinking? <laughs> well, I love the image um, of plunging the knife into the dirt until it hits bone. Mm -hmm. And um, what I really love about that image, I think um, for me it's when an image, when I feel like it's going to miss, when I feel like when, I, when the poet takes the knife out and plunges it into the dirt, and hits bone, I think I'm not so sure about that. And then when the, the, when the severed roots hissing through the mess, I'm not sure why, but that redeems it for me. And then I really like the image of it. And I guess what I like best about poems and stories is when they go right up to that edge where things maybe shouldn't work or they're taking a chance, um, but it does work. I know teaching writing, the hardest thing to do is to teach writing because you just got to figure it all out. And the thing that I think students don't want to do is take these chances, especially in 2000, the 2010s where there are so many wrong ways to make chances. Hmm. But either politically or aesthetically, I like the way this image um, works for me. And that, that pulls me into the poem. And I, I think at that point... It allows me to come to the, this poem about grief on my terms and kind of figure out how it relates, how, I, how I'm relating to grief in this poem, as opposed to how the poet is relating to grief. Hmm. Um, there was a, I don't know who said this quote, but I heard it like a flash of it on the radio. They're talking about plastic surgery and aging and how aging is something that happens to people who are lucky. Oh, right. And, <laughs> because what's the alternative? Right. right. And That's I was thinking great. about this, too. Like, grief is also kind of lucky to feel grief. You're the one grieving instead of the person who is gone or is the cause of the grief. Um, well, and you're the one who has loved. Right. I mean, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. To, to feel grief is to have known love. Right. Right. And it's something that we, you know, I mean... It's something that's usually at this point in America uh, medicated out of us, but it's such an essential part of our lives to understand. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that but that's the image that flips it for me, that gets me to start getting into that mm -hmm. headspace. Mm -hmm. I think this poem does something really nice too, which um, uh, I'm invested in, which is that it, it, it sort of 
walks the tightrope of ambivalence, right? That that it's on one level saying like, oh, everything is like so horrible and so hard. But at the same time, we have like this lush sort of imagery and like some beautiful mm. sounds and sensations going on. So it's, I, I always find that very um, vibrant in a poem when, when we can be in both places at once, right? As we so often are, like in life, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like you can be having a a terrible day, but it, it can be nice weather outside, you know? Right, <laughs> or right. Or something like that, you know? Um. There are a couple of things I I wonder about. I It seems like there are a lot of eyes and mys. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, uh, in my fantasy world, I, I wish those could not, there could be not so many of those. But they don't, they don't bother me so much, especially once once I get to the uh, roots mm-hmm. and the knife, I'm in. But I think the eyes and the mys were kind of what was uh, making me be a little resistant. Hmm. I'm not crazy about the image beating like a hundred clocks, hmm. but so th- those are the things that kind of <clears throat> pull me back a little bit. Uh, I don't. I want to make it as even as possible as far as the things that are working really well for me and the things that but the thing these images aren't deal breakers for me mm-hmm. uh, I don't mean this um, when I say that this poem is kind of traditional in that it starts with the eye and then looks out mm-hmm. I don't mean that as an insult I mean like the form seemed very organic to me to be eye eye mm-hmm. and then let us right mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think Marion's back Marion are you back we are back. We've oh, been listening. there you are. Did you hear us? Yes. Yes. Okay. We yeah. found you. Um, first of all, I have to apologize because we have an unsteady wireless okay. connection here, but such is life when you're living in the future. Um, <laughs> so Samantha and I uh, were ecstatic um, on your reading, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Like oh. it, this is this poem comes alive in the in the the sort of orality of it. It has such musicality. Um, yeah. Ah, it's just gorgeous, and 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 you use the word ambivalent. I, I think that's so spot on too. And the images um, sort of make you lean in toward mm. the the poem and the way that she's, you know, um, playing with the line breaks and the spacing mm-hmm. um, gives you a sense of anticipation and surprise. And when it's you know when you've got that kitchen knife and you're digging it in the dirt, like the dirt is even a surprise. And the way that's Playing across the lines is just, you know, reassuring of of this poet's sense of of craft and mm-hmm. um, containment um, and delivery. Yeah, and I keep thinking about all these images are inside and outside, and and going into something right. and going out of something. And yeah. I like that, mm-hmm. that push and the pull that I feel throughout this, mm-hmm. um, and this idea that like some of it is cloaked and then it's revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a lot of nice imagery, um, but I do agree about the beginning um, with the eyes and the mice. And I think that that is a takeaway uh, for me in, in this poem as well. It just distracts you. Or, a little bit yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that though. Why are we resistant to eyes and mice? I mean, I know that this is a, <laughs> this is a, a, a decades long uh, conversation among poets, but I'm always curious to hear people's ideas about that. What is it that that turns you off? I mean, for me, I think it's the the repetition even of, mm. of the sound, like I. I, okay. I, don't, I don't like find it a beautiful letter or word. <laughs> um, but I also think, so I think it's more to do with that than content. Even. Mm. Um, but I also think I can see the poem and read it without it mm-hmm. and, and see how how it flows without it mm-hmm. um, and still understand the same meaning. I for see. For the most part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't hear it at all. Yeah, it, didn't, it, it actually didn't bother me, but what, Tim, what were I, you well, thinking about? I mean, I'm going to sound like a jerk, but no, I don't. Okay. Inherently, what else is new? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, coffee, please. Yeah. I don't inherently coffee. care about the poet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I feel like I like the standard amount of people I'm supposed to like in this lifetime. <laughs> That's a great. And I, I like now. What, once a poet writes a poem that I really fall in love with, or a story, or anything like that, then I really do care about that person because mm. um, I want to read more of it. 
then I care more more than I probably should. But the point is, <laughs> uh, at this like the third line, I got two eyes, and then the fourth line, it, there's the third. I'm like, you know. <laughs> I no, I see. I see what you're saying. I think that it's interesting though that. I guess I guess this is on my mind in part because I talk about this with my students a lot that yeah. one I'm of the opinion that one can use I and not be an autobiographer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like the total um, complete self that that is an I in a right. poem, right? right? You know what's interesting? I just thought of this now. Like my first response to this was. This is me. Yeah. I feel like I was being described, mm. or I know these feelings. Right. So maybe that's why, for, you know, I could have been saying it. Yeah. You know, not nearly as beautifully as she said. <laughs> but if it's one, or, if it's one or two eyes at the beginning, then I'm not thinking that. But by the by the fourth, then I. <laughs> You're but, like enough with the. Eye. But I do want to get <laughs> right. But, but but it does step away from that, y'all. Yeah, well, it does. Come on. Yeah, but does. yeah, well, after that, it does. So right. it's it's fine. Yeah, but the bottom third. And mm-hmm. and yes, and I want to address the roots again in that bottom third. Is that I do remember, as a kid, when we would dig stuff up in Alabama and stick a knife into the ground mm-hmm. even when you hit that root it's sort of a shock you're always sort of surprised that there's something down there right and whatever mm-hmm. trying to, you're oh, trying yeah, to yeah, dig yeah. up you're like damn it now I gotta deal with this <laughs> yeah and you gotta mm-hmm. figure out and then you have to find some place but it is a it's an interesting and it and it does feel like I don't know what it feels like to hit bone with mm-hmm. a knife mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it feels it's such sure. an organic solid kind mm-hmm. of barrier yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I mean, but at that point, yes, the eyes have dissipated, but right, mm-hmm. the the repetition does right in short bother <clears throat> me at the beginning. I I could talk about this poem all day. It really, I think it's got a lot going on, and I'm gonna put a butt there. Okay, <laughs> but let's we move do, on. We do, <laughs> we all do right. have two more by Elizabeth Campbell that I would yes. love to get to as a group. Um, is there any other burning comments from any of y'all? I, I think we should vote it up, vote it out. So, Elizabeth, you may know just from our, our chats over the years that uh, PBQ says one, two, three, shoot. And okay. it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. We do not we do not parse with. Yeah, there's no use in the in the, in the halfway thumb. The halfway thumb has no, no business. No good for anyone. <laughs> Inefficient. You might as well just blip off the screen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and okay. um, Marion and uh, Samantha will be texting theirs to Joe. So <laughs> Joe's going to turn around and okay. Joe gets to use both hands. Um, so are we ready, yeah. ladies, yes, gentlemen? Yes, we are indeed. All right. One, two, three, vote. And it's unanimous. Yes. Woohoo, woohoo. I love when they're unanimous and I get to say unanimous. Woohoo. Um, I should I I'll mention now that uh, what I what we were finding interesting when we um, chose Elizabeth Cantwell's to discuss today is that um, all three of these are in wildly different forms. So um, this one is very long and skinny. Uh, it also doesn't have stanza breaks. Its lines are far shorter than the last one, and there isn't internal white space. So really, guys, go to pbqmag.org. Take a gander. That's your best bet. Um, maybe since I drank all the coffee, does that mean I should read this one? Or yes, yeah? yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Get it's ready for my voice for a while. Okay. This is uh, Elizabeth Cantwell, Emergency Queen. Sometimes, honestly, I'm exhausted from all the rallying, accosted on all sides by this eternal series of events going wrong, and then hanging there, the theories about whether or not it was worth it, the earth crumbling around the edges of the pot in the wrong pattern, the gray hairs, the unforeseen exhaustion. I know why the queens in those hives gorge themselves on royal jelly, quelling any minor cell's desire to give up, to succumb to it. Her life a lengthening buzz, as much as 70 times longer than the worker bees around her. Freeze a day, multiply it, try to guess how someone else could ever know the length of your particular hour. 
If a queen dies unexpectedly, the bees in this queenless colony will build new large and somewhat slapdash cells to produce an emergency queen, who's usually smaller, less prolific. It's true. All the leading immortalists had fathers who died young. All started out in tech. All are men. All love the sound of never. Never sag, never ache, never drag, never break. The waking always the same. The clock check, the supplement regimen, the under-seasoned food. Who'd have thought living forever could be so little fun? The hyperbaric chamber out of the way, behind the couch. The mouse in the lab crouched over, not looking as spry as you'd hoped. The slope of sentient cells, the hum of the rough knee to be free from the minutes. Life is but a shadow, the shadow of a bird on the wing. The bird above, singing, the ringing in your ears. You walk the maze you made, you get lost in it. The time of your life is now. Now the gift and the punishment. Now the slow sand spooling out its minute knives on your hand. Now the land, stretching out like the pool that birthed you, blue and warm and boxed in, so enclosed. Mox knocks. I want to add wishes. Look at my shadow and you will see your life. The youthful profile wavers in the wind, smells like dried flowers. Spigilia marlindica, a hummingbird favorite. All this nightly torpor and so little rest. I would build you a nest that never unraveled. Tempest edicts rerum. Lie here with me on the porch and listen to the dogs bark until the queenless beings around us begin to cement the cells that will usher in the new era that will begin the beautiful and possible descent. Yay! Well done, that was a mouthful. I'm so exhausted. Beautiful reading. Oh, baby girl, thank you. You love me. Well, I do love you, but I also love that reading. And Samantha and I, before we um, called you up on our Skype mobile here, mm-hmm. um, we were looking up the Latin words. Yes. Oh, you cheater, cheater. Thank God somebody did, because I was like, oh, I forgot to do that. I should have looked them up in order to pronounce them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali, you know how you do everything for me, Ali? Uh. Start doing that. Look at us Latin. Here's another thing Ali can do. Um, okay, so yeah, wow, wow. Can I just say wow? Yeah, that's yes. a, there's a lot of wow here. Um, may I begin with a, with a somewhat banal observation, but <laughs> something that I actually really love in poems um, is this sort of central scientific fact that just yeah. begins the that gets the ball rolling, right? I mean, granted, in this poem, we don't really get to the fact until the second page of the poem, but when she gives us the piece of information that if a queen dies unexpectedly, the bees in this queenless colony will build a new large and somewhat... Oh, I'm sorry. You see what I'm saying, though. Yes, um, yeah. That, um... How there is an emergency queen. Yes, the, the thing emergency of an emergency queen, queen is, is, is like a fact that I did not know. Stunning, and is a is a wonderful starting point for this for this poem. Yeah, that's that's um, I'm tripping out on the emergency queen. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when I really started to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, at that part where they start there, I think it it really gets going from that yeah. point on. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, even though I said the shape of this was different, it feels like the other poem only in those beautiful um, internal rhymes mm-hmm. and, and the lusciousness. I mean, y- you guys, we're all complimenting each other on the reading, but the words, the words. We, we have yeah. such delicious words yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. She makes it easy. Yeah. yeah. She makes it easy to read, and she makes it look effortless, too. Um, the way the, 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 the poem sort of sits on the page. 
um, and and makes these sort of like wry moves, right? So we learn mm-hmm. about the emergency queen. You know, she's smaller, she's less prolific. It's true, line break. All the leading immortalists had fathers, line break, who died young. All started out in tech. Right. Yeah. All are men. And at that point, it's like you go from that sort of scientific fact into this sort of like kind of like jokey illusion, right? Mm-hmm. To, right? To the father's yeah. attack. And, it, yeah. and it's lovely and funny. And then it goes back to all love the sound of never, right? Never, 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 never. We find these different ways of saying never. And then you drop down to the next page when we finally get to like the the first of the Latin that Mox Knox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, what did that mean again, Samantha? That means like two things. The night is soon to come, mm-hmm. or it can be take the road. Take or like, let's get going. Let's get going. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's, hit, let's hit the road. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, oh my God. God. That's, That's our really next good. t-shirt. Mox Knox. Right. Mox Knox. Let's go. Let's go. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add wishes. Yeah. Look at my shadow and you will see your life. What? That could be a t-shirt too. (laughs) (laughs) If we can rewind for a moment, I was actually also dwelling on the line on the previous page, the hyperbaric oh. chamber out of the way behind the couch. I was going to take that. Mm. <laughs> Is that. I mean, that one really uh, stood out to me as well because it's the kind, it's the wryness that you were referring to, Marion, where it's like mm-hmm. we're engaging this kind of meditation on, um, you know, railing against death and trying to mm-hmm. pretend like we're not. Uh, striving to stay young and uh, beautiful and queenly, um, but that it's still there. Mm-hmm. You can shove it behind the couch, but it's still there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and Tim, I think you want the next line because you always like animals. <laughs> the mouse in the lab. Yeah. Not looking so spry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was it's excited. Perfect. It's perfect with what you just said, Elizabeth, yeah. right? Yeah. The mouse in the lab crouched over, not looking as spry as you'd hoped. Yeah, I, I mean, I just love the tone of that. I love, mm-hmm. I love the information it gives us, but that it's not knocking us over the head with it. You know. Mm-hmm. What was it that you were? Well, I was fixated on the hyperbaric chamber. What about it? <laughs> well, it's an image. It's, I mean, it's a little coincidence thing there because I spent. I don't want to get too personal, but my mother <laughs> yesterday was trying to convince me for no reason to start using one of those breathing machines at night. For no reason, and I'm and I just some extra oxygen in your life. Are you a snorer? No, no. It's the problem. The problem that I was having is we're just getting older and are going to (laughs) die. I don't want to die with the mask on. (laughs) I want to just. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you can just you can fight this and spend your life fighting this and getting injections and sleeping in hyperbaric chambers, but you're just going to die. That's amazing. you might as well let your body adjust to the oxygen around you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I see what you're saying. You, you know what I mean? And so but this, the, but the masking I, is usually for like sleep. Right. 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 Well, there's also this whole thing of the world of. I feel like sleeping with a machine doesn't sound so much fun. Yeah. So um, was looking your, was for looking for solutions to problems you don't have. Yes. Yeah. Was was your mother advocating for it because she's like, honey, you need more oxygen? No, no, because my dad uses one now. Oh, okay. She said, so, get off the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> get more oxygen in your life. Okay. Timothy. That's right. um, I have wonderful parents. Yes. I'm just... They're very loving, it sounds. So loving, they want me to sleep with a mask. (laughs) The air is not good enough for you, Tim. This is insufficient air. (laughs) Marion, didn't we go to an oxygen bar and... Somewhere in Palm Springs yes. or yes, or yes. Denver. There was an oxygen bar. There what was, was an oxygen like? bar in our past, but where was it? I don't, I don't remember great. if it was Palm Springs or Denver. I what, think it had to be no, one of those I'm two. I'm in Denver. That sounds like a Denver type thing. Did you yes. really? I want to jump back to, to Tim Fitz and the Fitzian images here. Okay. Because, <laughs> okay. The, the hyperbaric chamber, then the mouse, and then just drop down to the the, the next couple of lines. The slope of the senescent cells, mm. the hum of the rough knee, mm-hmm. is gorgeous in the mouth, right? Yeah. And it's like the slope of the senescent cells is about cell death, right? It's growing, mm-hmm. the cells that are growing old 
which yeah. sort of points back to the whole like six inches of the poem that's come before it, right? About the supplement regimen and the attempt to stay alive and yes. you know, you're ageless in the laboratory, but really your cells are dying, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like a gorgeous um, flow of ideas yeah. mm -hmm. that are coming off of the, the like the facticity, right? Of Mm -hmm. of these science, these, these, these references. Lovely. Really lovely. Yes. I'm going to write Merriam Webster immediately after this and ask that facticity be a word. <laughs> and I would like to also call out specifically, now the slow sand spooling mm. out its minutes, mm -hmm. its minute knives on your hand. Minute mm -hmm. knives, I would wow. think. Minute knives Although on it your works hand. both ways because we are <laughs> counting minutes there. Knives. Well, I'm thinking about the sand right. kniving your hand. Right. Right? The sand. Yes. Right. It's good. Well, it just starts good. coming out so much faster, right? Yes. So beautiful. Mox Knox. I've never, I've never seen that phrase before. It's great. Um, tell us, it's, tell us, ladies like in Abu Dhabi. Spell, like mm -hmm. a little curse. Exactly. Right? Like, mox, mox, like you're, you're casting a spell mm -hmm. on somebody. You know? I'm dying to know what yeah. the other phrase later on, uh, Tempus Edux Rerum, what is that? I mean, that's time something, but I don't know my Latin well enough to. Did you look that one up oh. as well? Time yeah, we devours all. We totally forgot. It was like, it's Ali, Ali has Ali's it. going to chime in. Get <laughs> in on the mic. Yeah. We got it. Time it, devours all things. That's great. Uh, yeah. What you got? Very good. Did Do you, you take Latin? Yeah. I looked it up. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, too. Time, time, time what? Devours all. Devours. Devours all. Mm -hmm. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is also this is also a pretty impressive poem. Yes. But wait, yes, so indeed. time devours all until the queenless beings around us begin to cement the cells that will usher in the new era. Like and look at that. Like the cells the cells are back. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful word in the mouth and it's you know uh, it's just meaning 20 different things. It's so good, so good, so good. That will begin the beautiful impossible descent. So this is like what mm -hmm. Elizabeth said that about the mm -hmm. first poem, mm -hmm. that even though it is about aging and ultimate demise and all of these mm -hmm. things, it's still not um, sad or dark somehow. Right. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's embracing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I yeah. think I think we're ready. I yeah. think we're just going to sit around praising this for three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shall we vote? Sure. Yes. Knox, okay. Knox. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, vote. And with absolutely no dramatic tension, it's unanimous. It's unanimous. Thank okay. you, Elizabeth Campbell. Good batch here. Two for two. Gosh darn it. Um, so, wowza. Our next one is a giant prose block. I think she just said, wow. I am going to fill a page with beautiful <laughs> words. And that's exactly what she did. It's uh, flush left and right. It's big, big, giant prose block. And I'm wondering if I can volunteer Marion or Samantha. Oh. I think Abba has yeah. got to do one girl, so you arm wrestle. Mm -hmm. All right, so Samantha and I are going to arm wrestle. So but let's put this out there. So Samantha's going to read it. Yeah. But our Wi-Fi situation. Oh, might, true enough, true yeah, enough, true enough. That if we cut out, um, maybe one of y'all pick it up or try it again. Ali, so all right, Ali will get grab the ball. <laughs> all right, all here right. we go. Ready, ready, here we go. Ready? Go, read it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> all the pressure. I'm no pressure. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's right. Simmer read, down. Read it, read it wonderfully. Simmer down, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. Are you guys ready? We are ready. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The people who live in boats. It is easy to become one of the people who live in boats. You can actually make the decision yourself. All you need is a boat and a body of water. Unless you want to be one of the people who live in boats in their driveways, mm -hmm. which is certainly the less attractive option. There are many rules having to do with living in boats. The people who live in boats must not know how to swim. Otherwise, there is danger that one evening, Looking down deeply into the black mirror shimmering against the side of their permanent residence, they might realize it looks like the dream they have been trying to get inside of for years. 
They might imagine it the slowly opening bloom they have held their breath waiting to smell. The people who live in boats must have people who live in boats must have to winnow their possessions. The people who live in boats perhaps did not have that many possessions to begin with, knowing that they were the sort of people who would end up living on boats. They steer clear of the bookcases, the porcelain figurines, the baseballs and their clear glass cases. The people who live in boats must love whiskey, hate taxidermy, feel largely indifferent towards types of lighting fixtures. The people who live in boats must have ears that look blue in the moonlight. And if you embrace one of them, your shirt must come away feeling damp. The people who live in boats are all around us. If you were to live in a boat, you would wake up one morning and realize that the skin on your face was slowly turning a slick, cool gray. No one would be able to tell you from behind. But in profile, it would be quite obvious. The translucency, the minnowing, the eye with the inner lid. There is a river in New Zealand that was just granted the same legal rights as a human being. The tribe that fought for its human recognition believes strongly that it is one of their ancestors. We can trace our genealogy to the origins of the universe, says the lead negotiator for the tribe. And therefore, rather than us being masters of the natural world, we are part of it. The people who live in boats must become familiar with the blurry boundary between kin and predator. The people who live in boats must travel far, but stay in the same sphere. The people who live in boats must curl up every night in their gently rocking beds and growing silently bigger in sleep, dream the globe alive. Nice Okay. Well, we should have even said now for something completely different, right? <laughs> so not only is this different, it's a very different subject and handled very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, re- like, retains the kind of central device of bringing in a fact that I had, I'm, a, I'm assuming, I'm trusting that this is a, a real instance that she's referring to, that there's a river in New Zealand that was granted oh, rights. Yeah, um, yeah. But now I want to go find out. Mm-hmm. When I teach this in a creative writing class, That's I want to amazing. tell my students their job is to just look around until you find something like people who live in boats. <laughs> and then you just let all of the thoughts you've had in your life about that just magnetize to that point. Right. Because it feels mm-hmm. like that's what's happening. She's drive. I can see the poet driving down the road and seeing someone drinking coffee <laughs> at a dock. You see this in Florida all the time. Right. Yeah. And then you think, my God, they live there. <laughs> and now your your job is to go home and think about that right. until yeah. it all just sort of yeah. becomes yeah. this. Yeah. You know, one of our um, professors lives in a boat here three days a week. In a driveway and, or in water? <laughs> on, a, on a dock to, uh, down in Old City. And I'm constantly after him to write about it. Yeah. Yeah. He missed his chance. <laughs> <laughs> he has years of amazing stories. He's I'm told sure. me a few. It's quite an experience. I'm but sure. anyway, um, yeah. But even, even with the reality of people who live on houseboats. There's something about this poem that I really like too, which is that it's embracing the absurd claim. Mm -hmm. Like it's really kind of going for it in terms of like, no, when she says the people who live in boats are all around us, it's like, well, really? No. Um, but, but but they might be. There's a history professor here who lives on a boat. Well, but that's not all around <laughs> us. Like it's a, it's but one would never know. I mean, you, you could ride an elevator with him and you would never know. <laughs> but it, you see what I mean? Like, it's sort of an imaginative departure that she's saying, like, yeah, yeah, these I magical people. Right, right, you know, right. They're everywhere. Right. <laughs> and I like thinking about the people who live in boats in their driveways, even mm-hmm. though we went to water. Like, that is interesting because right. you could. Right. Yeah. Right? The people who live in boats must love whiskey, hate taxidermy, feel largely indifferent towards different towards types of lighting fixtures. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because when I, I looked at the title of this poem, I thought it was going to be a lot different. And I think, you know, if you spend, spend time traveling in Southeast Asia, you mm-hmm. see like whole communities living in boats and and that's just the way of life. And and there's a certain feeling of like choice here that mm-hmm. people are choosing to live in boats. Um, right. But then, you know, there's there's that nod to uh, maybe people thought it might be their destiny to live in a boat where it's like 
the sort of people who would end up living on boats. So they seared clear of the bookcases and mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. Baseballs and clear glass cases. <laughs> yep. Yep. You can't be a collector. You can't be a hoarder. Right. And I, I love that we've got winnow and minnow mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same piece. <laughs> yeah, minnowing. Minnowing as a as a the translucency, the minnowing. I'm not sure I'm not sure what that means there, but I'm sort of entranced by it. Yeah, you know? right. And so it's like it's the fishy that, I think that's it the, is a fish. I'm gonna say fish reference, <laughs> Me right? Me too. Like fish eye sort of thing, but I don't the eye with the inner lid, I don't know. We are but in profile but quite obvious. Yeah. Yeah. No. I wonder, I do wonder actually, and I mean, this is neither here nor there, but just like as a part of the experience of reading this, I wonder if this poet began from the New Zealand idea mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and folded it in later, or, or, if she fa- or if she arrived there, you know? Yeah. Like because it's, because it, it creates a certain, um, a really, almost like a volta to the poem where she yeah. Yeah. begins talking about the boat people, the people who live on boats. Um, but then we wind up in this other place that is more concerned with the river and the water and and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be my next lesson. Yes. <laughs> to start, well, one is to start with finding people who live in boats. The uh-huh. next would be find some interesting fact and right. then go backwards right right well i mean it's it's such a gorgeous way to end it that whole mm-hmm. idea of we we are not masters we are part of it mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. who live in boats must become familiar with the blurry boundary between kin and predator yeah like that she builds to the meaning in such a beautiful way yeah yeah so i i totally you know at the tim fitz image school of poetry <laughs> meets a kind of like rhetorical slash idea driven project here mm-hmm. right like these images accumulate into ideas and in in this beautiful surprising way and i love the elizabeth the reference like that that notion of a volta like it turns yeah so and when i was think, thinking of samantha's point too it's like you've got this sort of like middle class choice that you can choose to declutter, like choose to mm-hmm. winnow your life and choose to be, you know, sort of living in a, uh, a kind of scarcity um, and smallness on this boat, right? Mm-hmm. And then that flips into, okay, but here's a, a, a place where the living on the boat is actually part of like a deep essential sense of the person in the world. And it, it like, it comments back on the top of the poem in a way that dri- and simultaneously drives to the argument and I'm, I've got air quotes around argument here, right? but it's just and it seems so freaking casual right that repetition just makes it seem yeah. like it's this casual listing but there's like an essay unfolding right well I think Absolutely. That's, it's doing something really interesting or demonstrating something really interesting and valid about the idea of prose poetry too right because mm-hmm. it's really using the sentence uh, in a way that maybe you wouldn't be in a more sort of versified poem form, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's using that tone, that tone of, like, it starts off almost in in a casual way, but almost in like a how-to kind of article, like a HuffPo piece, you know, where it's like, you can choose to live on a boat, (laughs) you know, Um, and there's something really useful about that, I think, to the the effect of the poem. Right. Marion, I was waiting for you to say it was an essay, because you're such a a wonderful and amazing essay scholar, (laughs) and it, um, I, I think it does do the work of that and I'm wondering if you all were smiling through the entire thing I feel like I was just smiling yeah. as, as mm-hmm. both as I read it and mm-hmm. as I heard it today right. yeah well you I know was. Kathleen I'm so glad you said that too because it really feels like something special when you're in the presence of this kind of craftsmanship because the craftsmanship crafts the presence of the author's mind in such a way that you can just trust it and be like caught up in the surprise of where it goes and trusting that it's going there, right? right? Like, like I'm surprised at where we ended, delighted that we got there and fully faithful in the choices that the poet made in order to get us there. Yeah. Like that's just cool. Yeah. And each, po- each, each poem seems to be in that, in that realm. 
Any more any more burning comments? Anybody have anything to say? No, I think I think I'm yeah, feeling pretty good about this one too. Yeah, we've had such a, a blissful blissful time discussing Elizabeth Campbell's poems. Really lovely group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, shall we then? One, two, three, vote. And yet again, it's unanimous. I don't know. That might be another new thing. Three for three and all unanimous. Yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth Cantwell, thank you so much for um, letting us have such a blissful hour um, discussing your work. Thanks to everyone here. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to say about what's going on? Hey, it's we started at 11 a.m. on April 11th, and Elizabeth Scanlon read Elizabeth Cantwell. I just want to notice that wow. there's a lot of symmetries, symmetries yeah, happening. Conspiracy theorists are going to have a field day with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a delight to be here. Yeah, I I would love to join you again sometime if ever you need. I feel like I was pinch hitting for Jason Schneiderman today oh, because so I adore him. We are a mutual admiration society, I believe. I know. Um, and so it was uh, a pleasure to be here with you. Well, I was about to say the same thing. I think, uh, you know, just uh, the presence of the, the absence, Jason's absence is a presence. Does that make sense? <laughs> because his. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's palpable. It's yeah, palpable. It's because a palpable we, absence, his absence. And it was just a scheduling conflict that was so unfortunate. And I know how much you two adore each other. I'm sort of jealous about that, but I'm going to let that part go. <laughs> and I did think of all days for Jason to miss, see Mrs. Elizabeth's visit. Well, we'll so, just have to make it happen again sometime. Absolutely. Marion, I'm going to make you jealous. Guess what's happening next? What? Elizabeth what? and I are going to go have lunch. You gotta eat. You gotta eat. <laughs> I guess what I'm doing, I'm tickling Elizabeth's knee, and I was gonna oh, have like an Oh, you gave me such a good idea. I, I just got her. I got her. Yep. You know. We um we sat apart and made the men share a microphone because it's 2018. <laughs> God damn it! Right. Yeah, ladies first. So I can still touch her, but I have to put a little effort in. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay to At least take a touch. Yeah. Well, so folks, um, please send us in questions. We're building toward a uh, uh, we're going to answer your questions episode, and um, I would like to once again thank Elizabeth. Cantwell and uh, thank Elizabeth Scanlon and everybody else for being here. Joe Zhang, did we even say your name today? Joe Zhang, thank you for putting up with so many voices, having to make sure all of our sound qualities were awesome and all of that stuff. So, um, yes, listeners, send us questions, follow us on all social media platforms, and most of all, keep reading. Woohoo! Yay!